Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Amen. This day shall be a day of remembrance for you. You shall celebrate it as a festival to the Lord. Throughout your generations, you shall observe it as a perpetual ordinance. In Exodus, God is about to change the lives of the Jewish people. He had heard their cries and responded by leading them out of, safe, out of slavery. He had heard their cries of mercy. God was going to lead them. He wanted them to remember. He wanted them to remember this night. So he established some specific criteria. They were to leave on a certain date, dress in a certain way, eat a meal cooked in a specific manner, and they were to celebrate it as a festival to the Lord. Similarly, Jesus knew that his time had come to go to the Father, so he wanted the disciples to remember this day and to celebrate it as a remembrance of his death. During supper, Jesus stood up, put a towel around his waist, and began to wash the disciples' feet. Surprised by the actions of their teacher, the disciples watched exactly what did Jesus do? In response to their quizzical looks, Jesus explained what he had done. Simon Peter, of course, protested. But Jesus said, Unless I wash you, you have no share with me. Now the word translated as share refers to the land that each tribe would receive when they entered the promised land. So familiar with the scriptures, the disciples must have an understanding that the point of Jesus' actions, that he must wash their feet for them to receive their sharing of the, with Jesus in the kingdom. For Jesus, their share was one of love. By bending and kneeling down and washing their feet, Jesus offered a visual definition of selfless love. Just as God had responded to the needs and concerns of his people, so Jesus responded to the disciples' need to understand what Jesus meant by love. This night, we exercised and remembered agape love as taught by our master. Agape love is, is that selfless love for others, for the stranger, for those less fortunate. It is a genuine concern for the welfare of others. From the Gospel of John, we heard Jesus say, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. Dirty feet and all. So if I, your teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash another's feet. 
For I have set you an example that you should do as I have done to you. This love expressed in the washing of the feet for all exemplified Jesus' concern for Judas. His concern to save him with no thought of what Judas' treachery would bring upon him. In the midst of knowing the betrayal that was to follow, there was not one word of complaint to come from Jesus. Only thanksgiving. Thanksgiving that God should be granting him this opportunity to glorify God. Now, this kind of love is kind of a shocker to us. It makes our troubles and difficulties seem small or maybe at least manageable. For we hear from Paul when he says, God works for good with those who love him. So when we're deep in that darkness, Paul is reminding us that we are to stop, take time out, and look into those difficulties and to ask ourselves, now, what good does this bring me? Interesting question. To ask ourselves when what we really want is to spend some time in the very midst of our misfortune. Those times when we are so prone to ask, why me, God? Well, what if we rather ask, what good does this spring to me? Now, I'm not saying that this is easy, but it puts us in a place where we can truly remember that Christ saved us by his cross because he took the cross lovingly. What an interesting thought. To look into distress lovingly. Christ gave his life lovingly. If we could take that spirit of loving and facing our pain and agony, claiming only to be used by God, no conditions, no exceptions, praying only, not my will, but thine. After warning that in a little while he must leave them for a time, Christ explains what he requires of the world. What Christ asks us to be, to be unselfish, generous with ourselves, using our lives for others, not merely for our personal interest and our own needs, to give ourselves royally. What Christ asks of us is to actually, practically, day by day, keep Christ's commandments, living in accordance with his law. That is to love one another, even as I have loved you, that you also love one another. Christ demands, as a minimum, this something that is daring and generous. What he claims from his father's followers is not that they do no evil, but they should do 
good. He charges us not just love, but to run out in service to the needy. The question is not that we are, we are to simply not hurt anybody. The question is, whom have we helped? Jesus gave this new commandment with the understanding that God had called us through the prophet, had called us through the prophets and the scriptures. He had already called us to love. For surely he gave us the Ten Commandments. But Jesus has given us an eleventh commandment. You are to love. Love. Just one little word that encapsulates the entire duty of all humankind to do the work that God has called us to do. Remember the story of the rich young man? He had actually no guilt, and he maintained that he had always, always kept the commandments. And I think Jesus looked at him, and he loved him, even though Jesus knew that he did not understand. He did not understand that following rules is not enough. Sure, he had not hurt anyone, but the question, whom did he help? And that's the point. Sure, he had um, Christian love is more than simply Christ's teaching. It's more than just following the teaching. It's following the character of this Christ. Following his life, his death, all that he was and did, the sacrifices that he made, and the lengths to which he went to reveal what is it to love as Christ loved. John seems to be making a little discrepancy between doing something for someone because they have a need. Not as, that's also a very good thing to do. But John seems to be speaking about a positive, mutual love rather than a negative as something I can do because I have more. Mutual love. Mutual is between equals, and as we are all created in God's image and loved as a child of God, we are all equal. Mutual love is love that's not only given but received, almost in a flowing motion as the waves go out and come in. I'm reminded years ago when, I think it was Pope John, knelt down and washed the feet of a female prisoner. Do you remember all the hubbaloo? Oh my gosh, this is not an appropriate thing for a pope to do. But wonderfully, the pope had read Jesus. He had read Jesus' commandment to love with mutual love, to not wash because of dirty feet, but to wash because we are all one in Christ. To repeat, it is that love, to repeat again, that it is love that is given unselfishly. It is that generous generosity we give of ourselves. 
It's using our lives for others, not for our personal ends, but in mutual love. John's gospel is about the responsibility of believers to love each other. As we say in that offertory sentence, walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself for us an offering and sacrifice to God. Amen.